Hey guys, welcome to the Metal Mama podcast. My name is Candace, otherwise known as the Metal Mama, and I'm here with a super awesome guest today, and I will let them introduce themselves. Well, hello, I'm Marius Danielsen from the band Legend of Valley Doom. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. All right, so first off, let's get into the music top. Obviously, you play some awesome metal. Is uh, is there anything that you want to tell us? Because I know what you want to tell us, but I'll let you tell everybody else. <laughs> well, I've been working on an, a new album that were made available uh, physically in December, and now it will finally come out digitally uh, now on Friday. Um, yeah, people who have bought the CD, of course, heard all the songs, but people who have only used Spotify and have not heard all the songs yet. So that will be awesome to reveal. <laughs> so there's going to be, there's going to be, because I've, I mean, I've got you kind of followed on my Spotify. So I saw like, uh, you know, the latest singles coming out. So there's going to be more than uh, what we've heard. Yeah, there's uh, one song with Elisa Martin. Uh, that's uh, a bit Lord of the Rings inspired that no one has heard yet. And Yay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a better version of uh, an, a demo I uh, released for the Game of Thrones finale in uh, 2019, I think it was. We re-recorded that song and made it better. Oh, so, nice! Yeah, yeah. So, is is that is that song actually like based off a of Game of Thrones? Yeah, it's uh, what I thought was going to happen in the season finale or the two last episodes, and I think I hit the nail very spot on because it was about uh, uh, riding the dragons into town and burning everything to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh nice okay i was i was just gonna ask you answer my question i was gonna be like so were you right about it but okay yeah. <laughs> i wonder <laughs> yeah i wonder Spoilers. how like <laughs> purest fans of a song in ice and fire of ice and fire will feel about that song yeah <laughs> yeah because some of us like did not like the tv show <laughs> <laughs> i like it uh but the last season was a bit too rushed and, yeah that's, uh, the ending was yeah, yeah. That's how I feel too. Okay, yeah. so yeah. All right, brand new album out on Friday. So that will be June 23rd. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at calendars, right? Yeah. Correct. And it's all over the digital. For those of you who want the link on that, I am going to have all the links down there in the show notes for you. So you will find out exactly where to get that and start streaming all the amazing new songs. Yay. <laughs> awesome. So let's talk. Let's talk for a second about music because. Uh, so uh, we're gonna get into nerdy shit, I promise. But the first way that I actually found you was just a random YouTube recommendation. Mm -hmm. Because I I don't remember what I was looking at. It was something Lord of the Rings related. Obviously, I look at a lot of metal on YouTube, and mm -hmm. YouTube's like, hey, you might want to look at this video. I'm like, wait. <laughs> I know that phrase. What the heck is this? Is this metal? Oh my god, this is amazing! <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, Lord of the Rings uh, hints and uh, very much that has inspired me to create my world with the Tolkien work. Mm -hmm. um, 
Of course, I have a map with uh, a universe called the Legend of Valley Doom, and everything is just very influenced by Tolkien's maps and his world and everything. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was going to, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, obviously, you've got some influence of Tolkien in there. So, what else, like, influence what you create? Um, Star Wars is, of course, one of the main. Um, things in my life i have yes <laughs> star wars figures star wars cartoon uh comics i mean and yeah just everything vhs's of star wars oh i love it <laughs> i love it like you mean like the vhs of the movies or like even some yeah, of the old the cartoons movies. okay uh, yeah nice <laughs> i have a uh, I have a giant mythosaur skull tattooed on my forearm oh, so wow. Yeah, I'm also a very big Star Wars fan as well. I have a Darth Maul on my arm. <laughs> nice, yeah. I have a I have a whole left arm that's like a dork sleeve. on On the bottom side is all Star Wars, and on the top is all Tolkien. And I oh, have wow. like Nimloth up there, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. I find it interesting because I always say like people are always like, you know. How how do you talk about like music and nerdiness? I'm like you don't understand. Power metal and nerdiness just go together. Yeah, <laughs> I think every power metal fan is a bit of a nerd. <laughs> yeah, in one way or another, I think we all are. Some of us more yeah. than others, though. Yeah, but I mean, even you know, talking to you, it's like you said that you know Tolkien and Star Wars and things like that inspire you, and you've created like even a map that yeah. is. <laughs> Based off of your band, it's like you've got this whole little universe going on there. Yeah. With different races like dwarves and elves and, uh, uh, yeah. Nice. Everything. <laughs> do, you, do you have a race that you identify with? Uh, yeah, my uh, land, uh, Valadum, is uh, our humans. And uh, oh, the okay. land of Eunomia is also humans. And then... Mm -hmm. Our neighbors, I say our neighbors because I am the warrior king in the legend. Yeah. <laughs> they are the elves in the forest. And then up in the north, of course, you have the dwarves. And nice. in the south, you have all the evil people. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I was going to say, wait, you mean like the Southrons? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> That's super cool. Do you like I, I have to ask this because I'm always fascinated when a band has their own inner story going on. Do you have any material fictional stories, anything like that out for it? Uh, I got a comic book made of part one of my Legend of Valley Doom album. And I hope to have uh, part two and three as well made when uh, we create a box set in 2025 because that's the 10 year anniversary of part one i love so, that yeah that is so cool i'm gonna i'm gonna look forward to that <laughs> i had this guy in the u.s who started uh, creating some fan fiction or the based on the lyrics of uh, the first album, and I think you wrote about fifty pages or something, but it has not been released yet. I need to ask him how how it's going because that oh, would be awesome. 
Yeah, that is amazing. So cool. So what, like, I mean, obviously there could be a really easy answer for this, but, you know, it, it's not like people just grow up with power metal or yeah. or any, like, of these. No, we don't. I mean, you know, except for, well, my own kids maybe, but that's it. So what on earth made you, like, when were you like, okay, this is the genre of music that I love? Yeah, it all starts with uh, me being a uh, Turtles and Star Wars fan and love the sword fights and everything like that. And mm -hmm. then I saw the movie Braveheart based on William Wallace and oh, yeah. the Scotland versus England thing in the medieval ages. And then I saw Lord of the Rings in 2001, I think. Ah. And then I uh, discovered Iron Maiden in 2003. And then uh, at that concert, there was this backdrop. Uh, they played The Clansman, and the backdrop was William Wallace. And then I ah. saw hmm, they make music and telling the story of one of my favorite movies. And then... <laughs> <laughs> that evolved and LimeWire, the downloading thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was downloading some Iron Maiden, or I thought it was Iron Maiden, and it was called Iron Maiden Dr. Steen and Iron Maiden Eagle Fly Free. And that was, of course, wrong uh, labeled. It was Halloween. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> hmm, this guy is singing like Bruce Dickinson, but it's faster and more epic maybe and then that went into uh, the power metal genre for me and i found rhapsody of fire and they were kind of telling the lord of the rings stuff through power metal and here mm -hmm. we are <laughs> yeah <laughs> see mine was blind guardian but it was also lord of the rings hmm. Yeah, it was a friend who knew that I was into Tolkien and we were part of the goth industrial subculture. Mm. And uh, yeah, they were like, wait, so you like Blind Guardian, right? And I was like, wait, who? And they told me, I was like, gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> that's, that, was, that was it. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bought the, uh, the Rhapsody of Fire album, Triumph of, or Agony of Agony. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2006, I think. And then I heard Christopher Lee talking on the last song, and I yes. was told because that was uh, both uh, a Star Wars and Lord of the Rings actor, and he was in the mm -hmm. power metal <laughs> thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I was sold. Didn't, didn't Christopher Lee have his own metal band for a while? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what I was going to say. I thought he did. Yeah. Charming. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yep, I remember that. I uh, Rhapsody of Fire played here not long ago, and they played that song live. It was pretty mm. cool because I was like, "Aw," because <laughs> Christopher Lee has such an amazing, distinct voice. Yeah, I invited Fabio Leone to Norway to do three concerts with us in 2014, oh. and then we did uh, the Wizard Stream, and I got the got to play uh, Christopher Lee. With the you're now you're that's so cool. So that was a duet with Fabio, one of oh. my milestones. <laughs> that yeah, I was gonna say that's an awesome accomplishment. I love yeah. that. It's uh it's so amazing to me because not that there isn't much power metal out of the United States, but uh well there isn't much power metal out of the United States. <laughs> 
And, you know, so when you talk to a lot of people, especially who are in Europe, you know, most of the bands are in Europe, most of the bands come out of Europe. So, mm. you know, they all like a lot of them interact, they collaborate and everything else. Whereas here in the United States, I mean, we have Camelot and they're not even fully out of the United States. Yeah. yeah. And I can't, I can't think, well, no, Seven Kingdoms is from the U.S. And, yeah, Eternal um, Voyager. I mixed their album last year. Yeah. So they're coming out with an album now. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, maybe in July or something. Oh, cool. I'll have to keep an mm. eye. But yeah, like, what was that? Three bands that we just named off? There's just yeah. not a lot in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> There's really not. <laughs> no, they tend to go towards the thrash thing. And then there are mm-hmm. the power metal bands in the U.S. sound a bit more like uh, thrash speed metal. I think most, in my own personal experience, most of the power metal bands that I knew of, um, because I live in Denver and Colorado, and we actually mm. have a really healthy metal scene here. Mm. Um, but the the few power metal bands out of here are very much mixed with, like you said, thrash metal or progressive or speed. Um, but yeah, we don't we don't really have anybody here that is one hundred percent like this is power metal. They're kind of yeah. genre crossers, yeah. It seems like they're a bit more angry, <laughs> while in uh, mm-hmm. the Europe they uh, see pink bunnies and uh, unicorns flying around <laughs> <laughs> with ha- with swords. If yeah, it's out of happy, Europe, happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ex- until they hit them with their sword, because yeah. there's definitely like a lot of that out of European power metal. <laughs> Dragon slayers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the European paddle, power metal is kind of the difference between like you know when metal heavy metal was first evolving, there was such a difference between US and UK, mm. and it's still the same with power metal too. There's there is a difference. There's a little bit of a different sound. There's not quite as many genre crossovers. Uh, one is a little more you know brutal and angry, and the other one is more like I'm going to hit you with my sword with the yeah. unicorn. Yeah, that's that's actually a great descriptor. <laughs> yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the um, the classic music with the Beethoven and everyone coming from Europe, Mozart, and yeah, it's in our blood maybe, or just something we grew up with. Yeah, because those of us who are American and you know, we're born and raised in the United States. The, mm. you know, America's musical legacy is uh, not near as old as Europe's. Mm. I think we pick thing from uh, things from uh, that time, like 1600s to 1800s. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And when you're when you're looking at America's musical legacy and what came out of America, I mean, you didn't really even start until the maybe. I don't know. Yeah, 1830s ish is when finally America started having their own music to pop out. So we have a little bit of less of influences to pull from. Yeah. (laughs) That's uh, that's so cool though that you had like uh, those those experiences, especially since Rhapsody of Fire is one of my favorite bands. So I was like, oh wait a minute, I'm gonna be jealous for a second. (laughs) It was awesome. He was. staying at my house and was like a normal person <laughs> and then <laughs> i've been a fan 10 years maybe before he visited me so it was awesome 
Yeah. So did you did you have a small starstruck moment? Yeah, a little one. And then yeah. I had to focus to deliver <laughs> because I didn't want to look stupid in front of him. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would probably feel exactly the same way. Yeah. I'd be like, "Oh my god!" And then I'd be like, "Wait, don't screw this up." <laughs> it was very cool. I love that. I'm gonna. We'll we'll keep talking about music, but I also you brought up something that uh, I could talk about for like you know twenty some shows and never finish talking about it, which is Tolkien mm-hmm. seemed to kind of be your gateway. Yeah. Tolkien uh, really opened the door for me with the fantasy stuff. And, of course, especially the movies, because I was young when they came out, and Mm -hmm. they really made an impression on me. And then I uh, started reading The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and trying to come through, (laughs) get through uh, Silmarillion, but... It's a bit harder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a hard one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I read all the yep. short ones, of course. Yeah. I um I laugh because I always say, if you're a Tolkien fan, you've probably read The Silmarillion. But if you tell me you read it in one setting, I know you're lying to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's easier with an audio book and just follow the, mm-hmm. follow the book in your hand while you have... Yeah, the audiobook on your ears. Yeah. So did the movies make you into a Tolkien fan, or was that before the movies? Yeah, the movies uh, are the reason, is the reason I am a fan, because... I love it. Yeah. I love it. I don't care. I'm not... I, I, am, I was a Tolkien fan before that. Mm. However, I'm not one of the Tolkien purists who's like, if the movies made you into a fan, you're not a real fan. I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, I hadn't heard of Tolkien before the movies. I was 11 years old and went to the premiere and it starts with 3,000 years ago and I was like, what is this? And then (laughs) (laughs) I thought it it was some doomsday prophecy thing and then, uh, of course, that epic battle in the beginning. So it, it didn't take a long time for me to just sit there with my jaw drop to the floor and being like wow (laughs) oh i love that gosh so you were young no wonder it was the movies you were wow you started reading tolkien at 11 (laughs) holy cow that's a lot for 11 (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was very into tolkien and into everything like that when I was that young so it was awesome to discover something that had swords and fighting and epic battles and everything oh my goodness wow yeah so I was uh I was quite a bit older than you when the movies came out I was like 19 years old so (laughs) yeah yeah I don't know why I kind of thought you were closer to my age for some reason so I was like okay so he was like you know 19 or so and I was like wait a minute 11 holy cow (laughs) wait what (laughs) my pupils at school I work as a teacher and they say are always guessing my age ah you're 55 no no I'm 34 almost 35 (laughs) oh wow yeah but kids like they never know no kids can't guess age like (laughs) you know i remember i remember when i turned 30 um 
my ex-husband's daughter was like, she was like, I don't know, five years old. And she goes, how old are you? And I said, I'm turning 30. And she looks at me and goes, wow, you're getting pretty old, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So kids can never guess that. Yeah, thing, the, right? I think every day, every single day, they say, oh, you're getting gray. Your hair is getting gray. I just tell them that that's their fault for being. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I have to deal with you. Yeah. And that's why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for me, I'm like, oh, honey, I went gray when I was 25. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I found my first gray hair when I was 17. So there was no hope. <laughs> no, no, I knew it was going to happen because my dad was gray early. So was his mother and her brothers. And I was like, it's it's happening. So yeah. once it happened, I was like, well, guess we're going to dye it all kinds of crazy colors from yeah. here on out. <laughs> yeah, that's the... <laughs> <laughs> Do your uh, do your pupils? Do they know that uh, you're a musician? Yeah, some mm -hmm. some of them are very interested in my music, and every time I release a new single, they come the next day and I listen to your new song. Oh, that's cool! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm not gonna like. Are, are they are they younger or older? I don't want to get like too deep into how old they're they are. From but... fifth grade to seventh grade, so uh, mm. ten to thirteen. I'm going to take a wild guess just to ask, do you happen to teach a specific subject or all subjects? Music, arts and crafts, and uh, okay. English. <laughs> Engl uh, see, I was wrong. I was going to say that you probably taught music, and then I was going to say, and maybe history. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. I actually started <laughs> studying uh, for history while I was uh, studying music, but it was just too much and mm -hmm. uh, it was about the potato famine and everything boring about that and no swords so <laughs> i just bailed and yeah. continued my music bachelor degree instead i don't blame you on that the <laughs> potato famine is like i mean i'm i'm a complete history nerd mm. so sorry i'm gonna talk about it it's not I mean, it was a very important part of Ireland's history and especially affected yeah. the UK, but as far, and, and it did affect the United States too, just because of the way that Irish immigration happened yeah. because of it. But other than that, it really didn't affect the rest of the world. No, no swords mm -hmm. and nothing. <laughs> yep. No swords, no epic battles, no, no unicorns happened. Just no potatoes. <laughs> just, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for for the rest of Europe, I could I could see that be rather boring. Yeah. Um, yeah, but as somebody who's American, it, for me, it's a little interesting because I'm like, well, it did affect us because it affected the amount of Irish immigrants who came over. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of Irish in the U.S. and also from Norway. I uh, I do know that. Um, I mean, I'm American, obviously, but I do know you know kind of my ancestry. So. Mm. I know that uh, on my grandmother's side, her father was Irish mm. and they were immigrants. Yeah. Um, but I don't know anything about Ireland <laughs> <laughs> except for, you know, a couple of friends that I have online. But you should go to Dublin and uh, go to a pub there and see, uh, yeah, the Dubliners or something. 
<laughs> I would. Oh yeah, I actually know who you're talking about. Um, I would love to visit Ireland mm. one day. Uh, there's, there's, yeah, I have an extremely Irish last name, even though I'm like I'm not Irish at all. <laughs> so I could probably get away with going to Ireland, I guess, because I would have a very Irish last name. I would fit in with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, the only family that I know for sure is uh, my mother is Serbian. So uh, no, I don't speak it, <laughs> but uh, I am I am very aware of that area of Eastern Europe and what happens there. But that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I love the fact that you're a teacher and that, you know, like, especially because you teach music. Um, do you like I mean, I'm not I know that you probably have a curriculum that you have to stick to, but. I still love that because something that I've always said is that uh, I grew up with a very weird mix of music, thanks to my dad, mm -hmm. who was very into like classic rock and rock. And then my grandparents, though, were classically trained singers. Yeah. So I had like this huge mix of music that they all kind of threw at me. And so I always say that if you're a kid and you're exposed to all sorts of different music, like it's really going to expand your mind. Yeah, I think so too. Mm -hmm. uh, the cur curriculum here in Norway is uh, very open, so I can put in uh, what I want just as long as I am inside of uh, these broad, uh, yeah, what is called. Are you serious? So how I do it is almost like the school of rock movie with the jack black ah. so i have a rock history from the 1800s until today with uh, the blues and uh, elvis rock and roll and then into beatles and all the way up to power metal and dragon force and all that so i show them the evolution of rock music from yeah, 200 years of rock music. <laughs> I I now have this massive amount of jealousy for your students. <laughs> because, like, I took music in school, and uh, we never got to learn anything like that. Mm. And when, no. when I was a kid, we had this uh, music book where we just followed everything during the year. And then when... We came to the pages about Black Sabbath. The teacher just uh, skipped it and said, you know everything about this. So we just go to this Stravinsky guy instead. <laughs> oh, okay. So they didn't skip it because they thought it was bad. They skipped it because they were like, you guys already listened to this. I think it, she also meant it was bad. Ah, okay. Okay. That part I'm not surprised about <laughs> at all. No, I'm not shocked. That is so cool, though, that your kids get to learn all of that. Mm. Because, uh, yeah, I, I learned that definitely not in school. I had to just learn that from other people or self-education. Yeah. They yeah. also learn who Iron Maiden is, which is my favorite band, of course, because I wear mm -hmm. a different Iron Maiden shirt every day. <laughs> so they um, learn who Eddie is and they learn about the different singers in Iron Maiden and yeah just ah, everything I love that I teach them uh, guitar and smoke on the water Iron Man and stuff like that oh that is so cool I love that <laughs> that makes me like I said I am now extremely jealous of your public education yeah. system versus <laughs> ours yeah <laughs> 
I uh, I was I was fortunate enough that I was homeschooled, so mm. I didn't have to deal with the American public education system, uh, except for a very short time when I was young. Mm. But yeah, I have thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very good public education system. No, <laughs> no, it's not. I think that personally, and this actually does have to do with music. I I feel like that kids. If they want to learn about something, then they're going to learn. Mm. And here in the United States, in the public education system, that you're, there's no ability for that, you know. And for me being homeschooled, you know, if I was looking at something through my science book and I said to my dad or my mom, I'm like, hey, what about this? I had the ability to go and actually find out that answer. Mm. Yes, Even if it wasn't right there in my book. Yeah. And so being younger and being super interested in music, especially because of the influence of my grandparents, being homeschooled, I actually had the opportunity to learn about the parts of music I wanted to. But when it came to being in public school, you just had to learn like right out of this book and that was it. Mm. And it wasn't even that interesting. It was like we learned like these little songs and uh I couldn't tell you for the life of me even the origins of the songs or anything else. There was no actual theory on music or anything like that. Hmm. That's just interesting. Even even getting a little older, so you know, like in middle school, like around fifth grade or so, hmm. I joined uh, the the school band, which is not at all like a cool type band. <laughs> but even then, there was no music theory. There was no music history. There was none of that. Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, in college I wanted to, mm. but I uh, I did almost become a music teacher. Yeah. Um, yeah, but realized that that wasn't what was going to make me happy, no. so I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I did it because I loved music, and I knew I'd always love music, and by that time I had been, you know, trained in singing, and so I figured, well, this will be a job, and then I'm like, no, I'm not going to be happy doing this, so no. didn't do it. It, of course, helps... Um that we have the seven weeks off uh, during summer. <laughs> yeah. As a musician. Yeah, you do. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Without that, I think I would be very tired because it's very demanding to be with so many kids all day. And then, yeah, you don't have much break during the day. So that... Yeah, kids are hard. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I am uh, I am I'm personally just one of those people that I am not a fan of children. <laughs> so <laughs> when somebody tells me they're a teacher of any type, I'm like I admire you so much <laughs> because I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that must be like I know I know a lot of musicians here uh you know in the states that they do have a job or a part-time job as well as doing music. That must be difficult to have to juggle those two. Mm. Yeah, from fall, I will actually step down 20% of my teaching uh, mm-hmm. job just to focus on music because now uh, things are going a bit better with the music career, so I can actually afford to remove one day off so that will be awesome to have one day to focus. Oh, wow. That's amazing that you're able to do that, though. Yeah. That's like, that's so cool. I love that. I'm like, I feel like I should congratulate you for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A lot of people don't get to that point. 
<laughs> no, it will be very good. So now I will have all Fridays um, starting from August to focus on music. Oh, that's cool. So now that we're kind of on the subject of, you know, like younger people and expanding their minds with music, I do have to ask, I know, I know kind of what influenced you into power metal, but what, because I know you've had several projects because I've seen it on your YouTube channel. What, whenever year this was, what made you go, okay, I have to learn how to play this. Like, I want to do this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, with uh, vocals, I had actually not heard my uh, own singing voice ever when I was 16 years old so I, wow. I had this yeah the music teacher I was talking about that uh, didn't uh, inspire me to open my mouth at all <laughs> so I was quiet Aww. during school um, and then I started a band and none of them wanted to sing so I had to try and sing and the first time i heard my singing voice i was 16 years old and i started laughing because that was the weirdest experience ever i had never heard myself sing so (laughs) that was just happened because i was forced to do it because no none of the other band members wanted to sing i was originally just going to be a guitarist oh wow and so all of a sudden you're like, okay, I guess yeah. I'm doing this too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Had to learn. Then, did you, yeah, I was going to ask, did you ever take any sort of training or anything? Or were you just like, oh, wait, I could do this. No, I didn't do any training before I started mm-hmm. the bachelor de- bachelor degree in uh, music. I was 20 or something then. Nice. That's so cool. What about what about the guitar? What had you starting with that? I saw Iron Maiden (laughs) and I bought Ah yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) I bought a Fender Strato Stratocaster uh, straight after I came home from that concert and because that's what the maiden guys use. So I wanted the same kind of guitar because then I thought I could play what they played (laughs) little did i know so i had to practice (laughs) (laughs) that's the best part i i kind of had the same but it wasn't because of iron maiden because as a younger teenager uh you know i was quite into popular music like alternative and stuff like that i can't remember what band it was it was probably like i don't know maybe disturbed or something Mm. um yeah, and I decided I was going to try to play the guitar. Uh, I still have no idea how to play a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know I do know how to play the harp, though. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. That was something I started much later, because I was like, I want to play this. I should start a metal cover band doing harp or something. That would... I, uh, you know, there's a couple that I have tried to rearrange for the harp, and um, it's a lot harder than you think. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot harder than you think. I was like, okay, but the chords are right here, and it's the same chords, and mm. I try to rearrange it, and I'm like, oh boy, that sounds terrible. Maybe it the doesn't bar go very song well. would be uh, good. 
Now that that one I haven't thought about, but yeah, that anything a little on the slower side yeah. is much easier to rearrange for the harp. But anything a little faster, it's like, oh boy, not only do I have to rearrange this, I have to slow this down too. So yeah, it's harder. So you will not do uh, through the fire and flames on harp. No. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I hesitated is because I actually thought of the logistics of that, and I'm like, could that be done? <laughs> yes, by somebody way better than me. <laughs> Maybe with four hands. Yeah, that's the other part. Or you could just really slow it down, <laughs> and maybe, but then it wouldn't sound very good, I don't think. <laughs> no, I talked about that song yesterday briefly because of the fact that that song is like memed into oblivion now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I know a few people who are kind of like metal gatekeepers, and they don't like the metal that's on the fun side of things. Um and they were, you know, saying like certain bands were not quote unquote real metal because they have fun with it, like, you know, Windrose and Glory Hammer. And I was like, I just disagree with you yeah. fundamentally. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. Can't understand that people get angry because uh, some bands get success outside of the nerdy power metal fans. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it just helps because if. Uh, some people start liking Beast in Black, for example, because they, right. yeah, they heard it on TikTok or whatever. And then that helps the other power metal bands in the genre because uh, that's yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. People um, will check out more if they find the band. They don't just right. stick to that band and then go back to Ed Sheeran. No. <laughs> okay, but I like one song by Ed Sheeran, and there's only one reason why I like the song, and that's because it was on the Hobbit soundtrack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I do, I do actually like uh, that song. Yeah. But that that's a, I I decided because I liked I See Fire, so I was like, well, let me see. You know, I know this guy's popular. I listen to his other stuff. I'm like, really good voice, but uh, that is not for me. Nope. Mm. It's a bit too soft, but I like his voice. No, he does have a great voice, and yeah, I felt like that too, but I was like, mm, rest of music's not for me. <laughs> no. But yeah, I, uh, I think that, especially people who are kind of nerdy, because I know several, I play a lot of video games, and I play Dungeons and & Dragons, and I know several people who have gotten into power metal, genuinely, thanks to, like, memes and videos. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Well, because, you know, Power Metal lends great to that. So I know a lot of people have seen, like, memes with, like, Power Wolf or Sabaton or, you know, uh, Blind Guardian. And they've been like, wait, 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 what's this song? Let me go check it out. And that's how they got into the entire genre. Yeah. Then you find mm -hmm. all the gems after you... Yep. Yeah. You find Sabaton first, and then you maybe find Heavenly or something very good. I think uh, for me, it wasn't. No, I didn't actually find Sabaton until quite a bit later. For me, it was Blind Guardian. And uh, I played World of Warcraft yeah. <laughs> with with a group of people from the UK who were super into power metal. And when they found out I listened to Blind Guardian, they immediately handed me Hammerfall and Falconer. Mm. And so that was like the second power metal bands I got into. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Falconer is awesome. Oh, they're super good. I still love Falconer, but yeah, I still got a ton of their stuff on my playlist. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was uh, I was lucky enough to get in with a group of people who really enjoyed power metal. So they were like, here are all these bands. Go listen to them right now. <laughs> I was like, yay, thank you.
uh, in the olden days I downloaded uh, something called Absolute Power and it was six uh, CDs or something with different power metal bands so I discovered Axon oh Star and Falconer and Power Wolf and yeah a lot of bands I don't think I've ever seen a CD set like that in the United States. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think the only thing that I've seen here was like a CD set years ago of uh, like power ballads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's probably the closest you're going to get. Yeah. And once again, I'm a little jealous <laughs> that we would never have anything like that. So. <laughs> was probably a nuclear blast or no maybe not nuclear blast since it was accent star and the sonata band and i don't know maybe it's mm-hmm. an independent release i was gonna say that wouldn't be napalm either then no. would it no a lot of underground swedish power metal bands were were on it so i don't know yeah i don't doesn't sound like any one record company has done that no yeah that's one thing I'm starting to focus really heavily on on the show is because, you know, we all know like Nuclear Blast and Napalm Records, they've got like most of the bands that we listen to. Mm. But there's so many other bands and artists out there that are not on those two record labels. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, we need to start listening to this. <laughs> like, it's really good. And we need to focus on these people. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get noticed in these mm-hmm. day and age. <laughs> It, you know, I was I was talking to another artist about this. I was talking to uh, Adrian Benegas about this actually, um, because you know he's out of Paraguay, and that's hard because he's in South America. And he was explaining how where he lives in South America, it's not a very friendly place for the arts, and so sometimes he has a little bit of trouble getting noticed. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, it really sucks because the internet is this super amazing thing. On one hand, it has brought us all of this amazing music from all over the world. (laughs) You know, it brings us like really great metal from a teacher in Norway to a guy hanging out in his house in Paraguay and doing everything remote. But then at the same time, there's so much of it Mm. that you have to rifle through it. (laughs) That's why I created a metal opera with my name as the artist. Had I used yep. Legend of Valley Doom as a band, no one would know who I am. But mm-hmm. that was on purpose that I used Marius Danielsen as the artist on Spotify. And then people find Michael Kiske singing a song with this random Norwegian teacher. And then, mm-hmm. who is Marius? And then <laughs> you get the name in your brain and maybe someone remembers it and it will help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's how it works a lot of times, because that's how it worked with me on on your end, because it was a servant of secret fire. And obviously, Mm. I recognized the phrase right away. (laughs) And so I was like, wait a second, I have to go check this out. Oh, my God, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) The chorus on my next, uh, the song that is not not released yet is uh, the one ring to rule them all uh, poem. I hope Tolkien will not be angry. <laughs> I don't think he will, um, only because of the... I don't know if you've ever heard of the whole sub-creating thing that Tolkien had ever talked about. No. 
Um, so let me see if I remember this completely correct. It's been a while since I've really read his thing, but there was this thing that Tolkien talked about, about sub-creating. And I know there's going to be a Tolkien purist who's going to come back at me and be like, Candace, you were wrong. And I'm going to be like, damn, I knew I was wrong about this, but I'm hoping that I'm correct. Um, from what I remember, <laughs> he would talk about subcreating, which is kind of like where, you know, something that influences you, like, for instance, Tolkien's own works, mm. and you have created something out of that work, Yeah, you know, and, and he actually was really big on subcreating and encouraged it. So somehow I don't have a feeling he'd be mad at all. Yeah, I saw this band, I knew it, I think they used the same poem, so... Mm -hmm. Let's hope they get caught first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his grandson has the estate now, mm. and he is a lot more lax than his father was on people utilizing Tolkien's works. Yeah. Yeah, whereas Christopher Tolkien was a little more like, all right, pull the lawsuit on him. Uh, but his grandson seems to be a little more like, no, man, go create. Because I know that uh, Tolkien's grandson is also an author. So I think he kind of understands how art works. Mm. Yeah. So you may be okay with it. You may not get in trouble at all. That's <laughs> <laughs> so sad. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, and then you're going to get a cease and desist because I, you know, said that and I totally jinxed it. So if that happens, you can blame me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you will. I think that's cool. Like, I'm looking forward to hearing that because, well, it's Lord of the Rings and it's metal. Like, that's all you have to tell me for me to go. And I'm in. Sign me up. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, my part three album, I don't know if you know, but I had uh, John Reese Davis on it. Uh, he was singing and doing narrations. I did know that. And that's only because you told me that. Oh, yeah. but you don't know that you told me that. <laughs> So I, when I commented on your uh, YouTube video, I commented on, I used to make Final Fantasy XIV content on YouTube. Mm. And I commented on that channel. Yeah. And I, I mentioned, you know, the whole Lord of the Rings thing. And then you told me about that part. And I was like, oh, wait, I got to go check this out too. <laughs> Thanks. So you actually told me that, yeah. but you don't know that you actually told me that. <laughs> That's great. Past Marius. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Past you told me that, yeah. and then future you was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but you know, it was like at the time, I was just a random YouTube commenter. So there's yeah. no way you would have known. <laughs> yeah, because I, I did not comment under the Metal Mama channel, mm. so there's no, there would have been no association at all there. No. So yeah. <laughs> mm -mm. Oh man, now I'm like, I will talk more about Tolkien, but I'll save that because, like I said, I could talk about Tolkien for a really long time yeah. and. <laughs> This is not a Tolkien podcast. <laughs> Same thing with Star Wars. You mentioned both of those, and I was thinking, oh my god, we could go for hours, yeah. but I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I will I will ask one thing about Star Wars, just because I love the, uh, you know, making people mad aspect mm -hmm. of things. How do you feel about the last three movies? I think it started uh, very good because it was kind of a throwback to what had been before and they just mm -hmm. like a reboot with the same story yeah. but with different characters mm -hmm. and then i think they messed up very <laughs> badly on the last jedi because they never uh, actually yeah. got the original cast to meet once mm -hmm. i think it would uh, 
sit better if Luke had uh, met. Um, yeah, if Luke was standing on the bridge, for example, when uh, Han Solo was killed or something, it would be make more of an emotional impact instead of Ray. Like Mark Hamill said, <laughs> she had only known Han Solo for five minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It. Um, I don't have the highest opinion on the last three movies at all. Yeah. <laughs> no. So that's why I always like to ask people because you know if they like the last three movies lore wise, it's okay that they're wrong. But mm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I. Um... I think the third one was better than the second. Uh, the last Jedi. No, the uh, Rise of Skywalker was better than Last Jedi, but. They had to save what was already destroyed. <laughs> See, I found the Rise of Skywalker even worse mm. because I felt like they just took all the past lore and was like, ha Anakin did what? For what reason? Nothing! Yeah. And that's why I was like, what did they just do? <laughs> yeah, it's a weird decisions all over. They, I think they had to do uh, do something just to save the whole franchise when uh, Ryan Johnson had majorly destroyed it. <laughs> if they wanted to save the franchise, they could have just stuck with the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> both were, I mean, I loved both of those so much. Yeah, me too. And Kenobi it was mm -hmm. also good. It was nice to see Ewan McGregor and Anakin back. Hayden Christmas. All right. I'm going to have to watch it now because now I cannot distinguish between the people I know. Because <laughs> you liked it. Yeah. I know people who liked it, but then I know people who hated it. And I really have no way of distinguishing anymore whether it's actually good or not. So I'm just going to have to watch it and make my own decision. It's a bit. Uh, some of it is just go to this random place and uh, do. Yeah, save Leia or something, but it's also very awesome to see you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen play Obi-Wan and Darth Vader again. So, see, I would watch it just for that. Yeah, I think. and they have some throwback yeah. scenes to before Revenge of the Sith as well, where they do this training thing where they talk, and yeah, I think they're on Naboo or something. All right, I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Like I said, I can't distinguish on Star Wars fans what they really think because it's so mixed on that one. So many haters in the Star Wars fan community. It is. Uh, <laughs> we are we are an angry bunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people people think that Tolkien fans are mad, and I'm like, oh, y'all haven't met the Star Wars fans yet. We're real mad. <laughs> it's the worst kind. <laughs> yeah, like we are real mad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sure, Tolkien fans uh, hate the Rings of Power, so do I. Yeah. But um, yeah, we're not we're not as mad as Star Wars fans <laughs> about it, though. <laughs> I actually find found some of the Rings of Power stuff also good. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't knock anybody for finding it good, and I don't knock anybody for finding good parts because mm. I agree. Some of the characters that are new characters that didn't exist in Tolkien's universe were really well written yeah. and really well done. But in general, <laughs> I have some major issues with the Rings of Power. Yeah. <laughs> really big issues. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially with Galadriel. I uh, I I hate her, and I should not hate Galadriel because she's a wonderful character. And I'm like, you guys messed her up real bad, and I don't like it. <laughs> and uh, you know, I also don't like that Amazon created so much waste in New Zealand that there were environmental concerns brought up against them. Oh wow! I yeah. So <laughs> I I have a fundamental problem with that for obvious reasons. Yeah. But yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I was like, I'm not going to go too into the Rings of Power because I do not like the Rings <laughs> of Power. But <laughs> but I'm not as mad as a Star Wars fan about it. No. That's that's true. No, <laughs> no, we uh, that's that's why I always laugh because, like I said, we Star Wars fans are angry, man. <laughs> yeah, and there's like 200 very very angry fans, and they get hurt the most. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the other problem is it's like, I'm not, yeah, I'll nerd rage over some shit. I think we all do. Like, that's part of what we do, right? But I'm not going to, like, you know, go and scream and rage online and threaten people. No. Um, that's a very small percentage of us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's unfortunate that that's what gets paid attention to because it's like, look, we might be nerd ragey and we might be angry, but we're not that, okay? <laughs> that's true. All right, I'm going to cut it off before we both start nerd raging, which I don't want us to do. <laughs> you know, I like the three subscribers I have on yeah. this podcast. Let's, <laughs> let's keep them. I'll keep all three of you. Yeah. <laughs> I have more than that, but uh, I like saying I have a really low number because it's more amusing. But anyway, <laughs> um, what's even just real quickly, the most amusing thing is, is that I can tell you just from looking at my own analytics the vast, vast majority of uh, the podcast listeners are indeed in Europe and South America. Mm. Yeah, I have very few in the United States. They need to get better music taste then. <laughs> I mean, they're they're here. I know they're here because I go to power metal shows really? here in Denver and I always see a crowd and I've seen sold out shows. So I know they're here. <laughs> <laughs> There are, there are dozens of us in the U.S. Yeah. Dozens. <laughs> yeah. Whole army. Yeah. Not quite. Oops. Maybe a, maybe a tiny little, like, I don't know, platoon, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know military terms, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. That was awesome. It was so cool to talk to you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who are getting ready to check out the entire album release again i will have that here in the show notes you can go check it out it's coming out this friday which is june 23rd if you're listening to this after june 23rd just go look at the show notes and listen to the album my name is candace i am otherwise known as the metal mama and i will see you guys next time